Homestyle Green, episode 132. Do you know that Saskatchewan is in the top 1% of most extreme places to live? So I figure we could probably learn a few things from people who live there. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. And this week we are going slap bang in the middle of Canada and to uh, Saskatchewan where it's one of the coldest places that people, um, a large group of people live. So it's one of the, uh, in the top 1% of extreme places where there is a, um, a, a large civilization. And I think that's fascinating because we can learn a lot from that extreme environment and how people live in that extreme environment. Because granted, we're not as extreme, but you know, I keep coming back to this fact that we have a lot more in common with other parts of the world than we do in difference. So I think it's still valuable to look at how they do things and think about perhaps what could we take from that and transfer into creating better buildings wherever you live uh, in terms of R values, windows, insulation, all that good stuff. This episode, like uh, many others, is proudly brought to you by our good friends over at ProClimber and they are great people to talk to if you are interested in looking at a higher performance home, which you should be, particularly about getting better air tightness. Now, remember that air tightness is all about control. It's not about getting a hermetically sealed box to live in and sealing yourself up. It's about having good control. And if you have leakiness in your building envelope, and we're not talking water and and all those sorts of leaky building issues, we're talking about air movement. And air movement can lead to other moisture issues related to condensation. And that's where you need someone who knows what they're talking about. And ProClimber are definitely those people. So get in touch with them, ProClimber.com or proclimber.com.au or proclimber.co.nz. Now, let's uh, head on off to Saskatchewan in the middle of Canada. Cool. So thank you very much, Ron, for joining us on Homestyle Green. I really appreciate your time. Now, just before we get started, for those that don't know where Langham is, can you describe it for us? Sure. So we're... um we're actually in a small community called Surlia Country Estates, which is just outside of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is is uh, dead center in the the mass of uh, the Canadian prairies. And I had to admit that I had to look up exactly where Saskatchewan was, even though my wife is from Canada. <laughs> and it is amazing just how big a landmass that is and how much pretty much slapping in the middle of it you are that's right so as we were as we were discussing there's not a lot of moderation that goes on there you get some pretty extreme uh certainly some pretty extreme winter temperatures and and mildish summers or how would you describe your summer we we can get some some pretty extreme days but typically it's uh it's a pretty mild summer yeah um we will get days over 30 uh a uh, centigrade and we get days below 40 centigrade in the winter so there's a big range which also affects our design of homes so. yeah and you were saying that you're you've been told that, that that's sort of in the one top one percent of 
the extremes of where people live. <laughs> Do you think that impacts the resilience of how people respond to that? I mean, do you expect to lose power during the winter, for example? No, we've got pretty good utilities. So, you know, it would be unusual for us to lose power for more than a couple hours at a time. Right. Um, So we've got, uh, and most of the province is heated with, uh, with, has access to natural gas, which is quite inexpensive. So we've got a big advantage there in terms of our cost of energy and our reliable energy source. Right. So the utilities and the building infrastructure has been built up around the harshness of those conditions and is able to cope with it. Yeah, the utilities are very good, um, like I said. And we've got natural gas to most of the um, province. Mm-hmm. There's some areas that don't, and those will be the areas that are typically looking for one of my homes where they you know, can cut their energy costs for heating by 80%. But... Um, most of the provinces has definitely got uh, natural gas. Yeah. Now, we should definitely delve into that because that, that's not insignificant, I imagine, cutting an energy bill by 80%. What are the houses like in general around Saskatchewan? The, the standard construction here, uh, I, was, I was in New Zealand about 35 years ago, so I, right. my memory is that the homes were built similar. It's they a, haven't changed much. Yeah, it's a two by six wall construction. Yeah, uh, typically R R twenty insulation in the walls, and R forty in the attic in the ceilings. Yep. Um, we because the ground freezes so far underground in the winter, it'll go the frost will go down three or four or five feet. Our homes have a um, almost always have a basement underneath, so a full eight foot deep basement underneath the home to get the utilities down below the frost level um, in the under the house. Right. And how is it easy to go 80% below the standard? What are people's power bills on average? The average in um, Canada is about 30, in Saskatchewan is about 3,300 a month, a year, $3,300 a year for, for energy. Um, course there's a big swing from december to june because of uh our space heating requirements but on an average year it'd be in that 32 and is that gas and electricity gas electricity combined if the home is on only electricity which is like i say some some poor devils in our province don't have access to natural gas that bill is closer to six thousand plus wow on an average home yeah, so it's a very significant uh, energy cost. So how do you how do you get an eighty percent reduction in that? Well, it's it's uh, there's a few things, of course. Uh, I'm sure the the same policies apply or philosophies apply across across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a lead AP for home certified, and I and I have studied passive house, although I haven't been certified in it, and. Uh, Dr. Rob Dumont, who just recently uh, passed, is uh, is my mentor, and he's one of the fathers of uh, of this whole green living, green building. Uh, that's I'm not sure you call it uh, revolution. Yeah, 
in, in the world. Although in Saskatchewan it hadn't caught on very well, his ideas led to Passive House. One of, he was one of the guys that the Passive House people were studying when they came up with their model. Um, and, and Rob would, would tell you that there's three things that you need to do to get a, a house to save energy, and it's insulation, insulation, and insulation. So nice. uh, his, his first his first go at it is, is lots and lots of insulation. We'll build the walls. Uh, if a house is using electricity, so we're really trying to focus on saving energy, of course, because it's so expensive, um, we'll go as much as an R60 wall and uh, an R100 uh, in the attic. Um, typically, if their house is being heated with natural gas, because natural gas is about one-fifth the price you know, the cost per unit of energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll reduce that to about an R40 wall and uh, about an R80 attic. Uh, we also will put insulation around this foundation, this buried basement foundation that I was talking about, and and underneath the foundation we'll put uh, R20 um, underneath that. So basically the whole house is in a, is in a beautiful uh, it's almost like a heavy sleeping bag if you think about it that the house is wrapped in. Um, the next thing, of course, is is the windows. Um, and you know we don't typically go crazy on windows, but we do get high quality, um, you know, good good windows. The south side windows, because the sun is so low here, and, and you know you probably have the opposite in or the same in your in your winters where the sun is low in the winter. Mm, yep high in the summer so we're you know we were able because the sun is so low to put lots of, of um, glass on the south side lots of glazing on the south side windows and let the sun come in in the winter to heat it up heat up the house and then in the evening or in the summer uh, when the um, when the sun is high we can put an awning over that same window and it doesn't overheat during the, during the summer so you know, we've one of the advantages of living in such a high latitude is is that the way that sun reacts uh, moves up and down, and we can take advantage of that. So our south windows will typically be a reasonable R value and a very high uh, solar coefic coefficient of solar gain. Mm -hmm. um, our west, east, and north windows we're just looking for really high R values, and on the west in particular, we'll look for a reflective because in the summer when the sun's setting in the west. Um, we we would get the houses overheating because the sun's very hot in the evening and it's shining into the house. So to reduce overheating, we'll usually use some sort of uh, a glazed window on the a sunblock window on the west. Yeah, that's interesting. I want to pause there because that is something that most people don't think about. They go as far as maybe thinking double glazed. If they're really passionate, they might think about thermally broken or high-performance frames, but you're going beyond that and actually considering not just the R value, which I assume is dependent is going to be dependent on the the um, any lamination layers or whether it's got argon or, or other gases inside, but you're That's also cool. looking at the solar gain coefficient and changing that dependent on the orientation of where that window is going to be placed. So you, you're going to end up with different window specifications for depending on where that window is going to face. Is that correct? That's, that's absolutely right. And, and that's called passive solar, as I'm sure, you know, that'd be a standard term in the industry, I'm sure, across the world. But we, we use that passive solar gain a lot. Um, my own home, um, about 28% of our heat 
is coming from passive solar gain, just the sun shining in in the wintertime. Yeah. It can be 40 below outside, and uh, you know our big windows are facing south. We'll open the blinds, the sun shines in, and the furnace will, will quit working at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning and not kick back in till 7 in the evening because the, the sun heated the house all day. Nice. Yeah. Very is, nice. That, is that very getting easier to choo- pick and choose and specify high-performance custom windows like that? Well, not really custom. You know, most, at least in, in Saskatchewan, most of the window suppliers have uh, both a double glaze and a triple glaze option, you know, argon filled, not argon filled, uh, you know, two coatings, three coatings. Um, and, and, they're, and they're all reasonably priced because there's, there's lots of competition. Where we start having problems or getting into cost challenges is if we try to get to a really high-end kind of European, you know, German-style window, uh, yep. They can cost us sixty, eighty dollars a square foot for the for the window here, and that's very prohibitive um, for us. And is that because of the frame and the tilt turn, yeah, sure. all the other stuff, or the hardware? Yeah, all the hardware and the right. design. And I'm sure you've seen European windows; they're incredible. It's um, a thing get, of beauty. <laughs> I can't get my clients to 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 fess up with that kind of money. So. Yeah, right. And the so, third, yeah, sorry, You're number three. Yeah, the number three, the third most important thing is is air tightness. So, um, you know, if a home's leaking air, uh, like a lot of the old ones do, I'm just doing a retrofit on a house that that, that uh, came in at, at over eight air changes per hour. So it's leaking eight eight times its volume per hour into the uh, into the outside. So that's leaking heat into you know out of the house, makes the house very uncomfortable and and. Uh, uh, very expensive to heat because you're continually reheating the air. So our houses are very, very airtight. Um, we don't go as crazy as, not as crazy, as aggressively as the passive house people do, but I'm, I'm typically looking for about a, a one air change per hour uh, kind of mark um, with a Verico home. Uh, passive house is around 0.6, which again is significantly more expensive to get to. So we kind of, we backed off a little bit uh, Kind of worried about cost, but once you get that that house airtight, um, and in our own home, and, and all my clients will will have them uh, with a humidistat, so they can sort of monitor how their moisture content is doing in the house. Uh, we try to keep the houses a little drier because when it's cold out, if you're in a dry air, it feels like you're warmer at the same temperature. So we'll play with that humidity a bit just to to watch it. Um, there's an invention called a heat recovery ventilation, which is actually designed and originally invented in Saskatchewan that's now used across the world. And that exchanges the heat so that when you're bringing in cold, fresh air, uh, you can preheat that cold air against the warm air, the warm, moist air that you're, you're removing from the, from the building. So it's, um, you know, it's a very powerful tool. That's quite a claim to fame for Saskatchewan or among high-performance home uh, connoisseurs for the, the the origins of the heat recovery ventilation system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're very proud of that. Yeah, well, and it makes sense as well because you do have that really dry, um, well, the extremes really, the, the, the dry, cold weather and, and also the, the more humid um, conditions. Because do you have to – do some houses – um, humidify them the the inside the interior during winter. 
Some do. Uh, I, I like. I, I'm happy at 25. Some people get uncomfortable at 25. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I are pretty comfortable at 25, so we we're good with that, and that's where we target. Um, I've got clients that feel more comfortable around that 30, 35 mark. Right. Once you get you know above 40, 45, and and it's 40 below outside, it doesn't matter how good your windows are. You're going to get condensation on on your windows because that's your cold spot in your house. So you have to be a little yeah. careful. And of course, that that's the, the windows are always your weakest spot, and the water, the moisture will tend to go to that spot and and condense on the windows and cause some freezing or water problems on the uh, windowsill. So, hence we have uh, big issues around that because our our average our average humidity is about eighty percent. But that's yeah. that's a whole other story. Tell me but, about um, your retrofit there that started at eight air changes, what will you be able to get a retrofit down to? Well, it depends what they're willing to do. Um, what we're going to do on that one, um, when we, when I was studying how to, you know, build green homes and stuff, we, we quickly realized that retrofits were big and everything that we do in a, in a standard home, you can do in a retrofit except, making the walls thicker, right? Like when you think about how are you going to make a wall thicker in an mm-hmm. existing home, it, it's a major renovation. So again, I scurried back to Frankfurt and studied what they were doing there and came back with, with a concept that we're calling X-Wrap here, which is basically applying, you know, R40 of insulation to the exterior of the house so that you don't disrupt the family. Uh, one of the side benefits of doing that is when we, do the exterior wrap, we at the same time can seal seal that house, seal that wall, and get much better air tightness out of it. Right. So with this 8.2 client, uh, we're going to try to do a retro, uh, uh, an X-wrap on them, and we're expecting to get the, um, the air changes down to about 3.5, which will make the house significantly more comfortable and, uh, you know, again, the heat loss... Uh, well, just the savings on the heat loss will pay for the for the cost of doing the entire retrofit. So, when you do uh, this X wrap, uh, how yeah. thick is it? First of all, depends on the house again. So, if I'm out, um, uh, we did we've done one with as much. It had 12 inches on the outside, which would wow. have been just about uh, R48. And then and we did that when that thick because it only had a little bit of insulation on the inside. So we were, we were trying to get it. Our, it was one of the first ones we did. And our goal was to get it to uh, an enter guide 80, which is about an R2000 home in Canada from a, you know, a dilapidated 1965 house. And we didn't quite get there, but we were close. Um, typically if I use the same kind of principle, if the house is being heated by natural gas, I'll probably stop with an eight inch uh, X wrap. Uh, if it's heated with electricity, I'll go as high as a 10 or 12 inch, depending on the design of the house. Um, we, we use uh, a tool called Hot 2000 in Canada. It's, uh, it's done by NRCAN. I think it's available around the world, but it's basically a modeling tool. So I can actually put in an existing home, uh, play with different levels of insulation, and calculate what the savings will be. And then we can, you know, I use some chartered accountant by training and I use net present value uh, concepts to figure out what's the the present value of all those savings. You know, if we're going to save energy 
So if we're going to save $2,000 of energy for the next 25 years, what's that worth in today's dollars? And yeah. that gives us yeah. sort of a threshold as to, okay, well, as long as we don't spend any more than that, uh, it's a good investment for that home to, to, to spend on XRAP. So you can so, make a very good economic case for the right level of retrofit or um, upgrade. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I, we do the same on uh, on our new homes as well. Uh, you know, we try to uh, – our philosophy at Verico is more uh, an economic balance than, a, than a, a net zero kind of concept. So, you know, that when you – and, you know, all of your listeners who are in the business know as you're getting closer and closer to net zero, every time you save a kilowatt hour, it's costing you a lot more money than the first kilowatt hours. So what we try and do is we say we're not going to invest in any technology that's not going to give us a positive return on investment. Um, so, if, for instance, uh, a new window was going to cost us $60 a foot or something, we may say, well, you, you know, that doesn't pay because you're not going to save enough energy to pay for that window. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about that, that's pretty easy then to run into hot 2000 and I can try a wall with uh, R40, R60, R50, R60, R70, R80 and, and sort of see what that curve looks like on savings and pick the optimum to uh, to balance all the investments in, in, in energy-saving technologies. We, we treat each technology as a separate investment and, and we don't invest in it unless it's got a positive return. And I imagine that makes... Though pretty easy to sell then to your clients. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I mentioned I was a chart accountant, so I I'm, I'm new to this field. I can't. I, I took early retirement from Deloitte and Touche, and um, you know went and did a master's of science in environmental strategy for residential housing, just for something to do. <laughs> As you and I, I was super intrigued. Uh, you know, you, there's there's three types of buyers in the world that buy green homes. So there's the you know the, the buyer that we would call them the comfort buyer. So they want a really nice home. It's got to be comfortable. And oh, by the way, I'm saving money on energy. Then there's the green buyer whose ultimate goal is to be sustainable. And, and you know they're going to, they're trying to save greenhouse gases, and will spend a lot of money to do that if they have it. Then the third one is an economic buyer who just really thinks about it like I do and says, okay, I'm going to invest as long as I get a positive return on investment. So when I did my my research, I was interested to find out that the number of economic buyers in Saskatchewan was about double the rest of the country. So we've got a high percentage of economic buyers in Saskatchewan, and they tend to gravitate to this concept of you know positive return on investment. So it does help for the sale. I do get uh, green buyers and comfort buyers that you know that will go way. They'll spend way more. Yeah. Um, but they want to know how much more they're spending. You know, right. they, they still have an economic threshold. Everybody's got a threshold. At yeah, some yeah. Point you say, "Ouch!" But yeah. you know, if you show them, well, here's you know, you should spend twenty thousand. You're spending twenty two thousand. They'll feel better about it than thinking they're spending twenty two thousand dollars extra. Speaking of dollars, you show prices on your website, which I don't see very often for designers. Uh, flat <coughs> rates for certain services and. Um, unit charges per square foot or, or whatever the case may be. What made you do that? Um, well, I'm retired and I'm on a pension, so I'm doing this more for fun. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, it's just refreshing, though, because it, it's so upfront. Well, sure. Yeah, and we, you know, the 
lots of times, uh, if you notice the price on the preliminary design is uh, $500 plus tax, that sometimes equates to about you know six or eight dollars an hour by the time I'm done. <laughs> but for me, it's the fun of helping my client, helping these people to get into a green home. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it's uh, certainly you know I think my board is telling me you know if I'm 62, so if we want to pass this business on to someone else, we have to develop a, a more profitable business model so it can support you know, people that are raising families and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me right now, it's, it's more for fun. So we're, we're sticking to our guns on that pricing for at least the next two or three years. And, uh, we'll see, we're, we're going to see how it goes. Nice. Look, Ron, I, I'm going to wrap up cause I can, I can hear my kids sure. running around, but, um, I want to ask you the, the question I normally ask first. I want to ask it you last, which is why, and specifically for you, you had a career as as a chartered accountant. Why did you become a house designer? Well, you know, it was not planned. It was I. Uh, I mentioned I, I did a master's of science. I, I got I got out of Deloitte and Touche at an early age. Um, great company, loved every hour I spent with it. Great clients, but it was sixteen hours a day, and I wanted to do other things. So mm-hmm. I, I got out. I went back to school, did this master's uh, with a focus on on green homes. My prof convinced me to actually build one of these homes. So we built the home. We built an actual home, and we had it as an exhibit in in, in one of the museums in Saskatoon here for a year. And fifty five hundred people went through that home and said, you know, just it was like a one hour course on how to build a green home. Wow, fifty five hundred. Yeah, exactly. Paid, wow. paid to just come and do this home tour. So, it was, you know, that was exciting. But yeah. at, the, at the end, um, they'd say, well, okay, we want to do this. Now, mm-hmm. how do you get started? And there was really nobody to point them to. If you pointed them to a particular builder, he would convince them that his way of building was the right way. Yep. And you know, there, was, there was nowhere to go. So I reluctantly at first got the business going and then fell in love with it and learned how to do more design and you know, I, I'm really, uh, really excited about it now. So it, it just fell into my lap. Um, we're not a big business. We've done about, I think we're on our 45th or 46th design right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're doubling every year. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's, That'll you know, it's, board happy. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think it'll, there'll be a future in it. So that's, that's very exciting. <laughs> you, you, so you reluctantly, uh, fell into it and uh and here you are do, and do you get a sense that that um momentum is building is there is there a growing interest in um what you're doing yeah i think in saskatchewan like i said we're a bit behind for the rest of the, of the world mm-hmm. um and we we've got a very good ferrico's got very good brand recognition with the uh you know with that show and we did three years ago that yeah. 5,500 yeah. people went through. do you also and, think do you also think that coming back to that you because you weren't from the industry originally that you had fresh ideas and you weren't held back by like you say builders will often say well that's not the way we do things and you didn't have any of that do you think that was to your advantage yeah it was because you know and having the like i said this dr dumont was my my mentor and you know very well respected everywhere Mm. Uh, i you know we basically veracle basically uses his model for building so that that helped um, the builders have been a challenge. We finally ended up, we have, we call it a Veracle licensed builder program because there's 150 builders in Saskatoon and it was so hard to convince them to try this. So they typically try and convince my client 
that they shouldn't do it or or price them right out of the market or do something right. to, to avoid it. So I we created this uh, vehicle license builder program. So I'm working with two or three builders in the community um, that I've trained up now, and you know we know each other well. We we build houses for clients, and you know we don't insist that my clients use them, but I usually insist they at least ask them for a bid. Right. So my clients will try and find somebody else and I'll get a couple of bids from my guys and you know they, they look at the three bids my guys are usually going to beat the other bid uh, because they've done it enough times now to know how to do it yeah. so yeah but it's uh, it's the the builders has been a challenge and, yeah I think it's coming around this year so I think we're going to see more I mean, I'm getting people calling me now asking if they can become a miracle license builder Christ. whereas two years ago I was trying to convince them to be a miracle license builders yeah. You know, it's a so, so the, the momentum's building. You got past the tipping point. Are you? Um, have you gone beyond the uh, the border? No, and no plans to yet. I might go. I might go. Um, I've got a lot of requests in Manitoba, which I'm not sure why, and uh, <laughs> a few in in Edmonton, Alberta, which right. you know they have already really good builders. So I usually pass it on to the to their existing builders. Yeah. But um, the price thing is like I've. I manage my costs a lot better than I think most of my peers do. Of course, you're so, an accountant. Well, yeah, I guess so. I'm trained. <laughs> I'm trained to do that. But I, you know, I think we can build the same house for a little less. We might, you know, we might move into Edmonton and uh, and into Winnipeg yeah. uh, here in the next few years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think when whoever takes over from me will definitely go national or probably more. Well, it's very exciting, Ron. That you've obviously. Um, touched on something that is really appealing and a lot of people are wanting to find out more where's the best place that people can find out more about what you're doing well my website is uh verico.ca v-e-r-e-c-o.ca um and there's a lot of information on there um we're just building up a do-it-yourself section for people that want to do it on their own but right now it's it's a bit sparse but if you know if they want to do it on their own tell them to call me and uh I'll uh, I'll help them through it one way or another. Nice. And uh, my email is uh, Ron with two N's R O N N at Ron LePage R O N N L E P A G E dot com Ron at RonLePage dot com, and my phone number is three zero six two six one four five four two. Awesome. I will put those links up, and uh, I'll also put some uh, a link up to. Um, to Dr. Robert, who you mentioned, um, because we we don't have time to talk, go into detail now, but um, fascinating guy and uh, lots of information or a little bit of information on the on the web about him as well. And his inf- obviously he's had a big influence on on you. So we'll we'll link up all those pages on uh, on Homestyle Green. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Ron. And uh, I can only aspire to having such a uh, an inspiring and prosperous retirement as, as you seem to be having, not that I would re- really recall it a retirement. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, I'm plenty retired. I don't work anymore <laughs> three or four hours a day. And we still winter in, uh, we winter in Honolulu for four months, although I do keep the business going while I'm there, but it's uh, very much retirement mode. So, but thank yeah, you. But doing great things at the, at the same time. Thank you very much, Ron. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. My okay. pleasure. Ron uh, LePage there, all the way from Saskatchewan, and I hope you enjoyed that interview. So much uh, good stuff in there. I just love coming across people who 
have been doing really good design and learning from extreme environments, and it doesn't get much more extreme than Saskatchewan. Just a, a couple of things I um, pulled out of that episode. One was that I love that quote about the three top things that you can do with your house is insulation, insulation, insulation. Sounds like uh, a trick some real estate agents could could <laughs> learn from. Um, regarding the R values that Ron described there, you might have uh, – we've had a few um, people from overseas talk these quite high values. He was talking R40, R60, R80. Those are, of course, US values. So they're um, talking feet and inches. Um so the conversion there is around 5.7. So if you divide 40 by 5.7, you still get a staggeringly large R value relative to what we're used to here in New Zealand. So just to give you, wrap some numbers around that, 40 divided by 5.7, it's 7.2. Um, have I got that right? Hang on a second. 40 divided by 5.7. Yeah, it's 7. An R value of seven. I mean, we're lucky if we get R5. Uh, and he was also talking about in some parts of that, what he called the big heavy sleeping bag, R60. That That's equivalent to um, 10.5 in metric terms. And, and an R, R80 is up, up around 14. That's just a staggering high level of uh, insulation. Now, granted, they're in... Like I said uh, at the very beginning of that episode, the top 1% of most extreme environments. But it does give you an idea of the f- how close to the bare minimums we really do build here in New Zealand. Other things that were interesting, um, I found particularly interesting from that episode, were th- this idea of specifying different types of windows for the different aspects of your home and looking not just at the level of insulation, but also different levels of solar gain and really optimizing how much light and energy you're allowing into the buildings, not just overall around the whole envelope, but different amounts coming in at different um, different aspects and different orientations. That might all sound pretty complicated, but the good news is that good designers, uh, particularly with some of the tools available now with the software and, and design packages, very, very easy stuff to do. So if, um, if that is something you're interested in, then definitely find someone who can help you out with that. And then finally, uh, the claim to fame there for Saskatchewan of the originators of true heat recovery ventilation systems. Now, we're not talking kind of cheap and nasty blowing in air from the roof space type ventilation systems here. We're talking genuine heat recovery and ventilation. We've done a few episodes discussing that and uh, talking to uh, some people about what the key differences are there between just um, supply only or, or extraction only versus true heat recovery ventilation systems. So there you go. Comes from Saskatchewan. Sounds like I might have to go to Saskatchewan one day. Thank you very much for tuning in. Now, if you are looking at a project for yourself or for someone else and you want to have a bit of a review of your house plan, then uh, love to hear from you. You can email me at matthew at homestylegreen.com or fill out the Contact Us page on Homestyle Green or I'm also Twitter, Facebook, and uh, they're probably the best places to get in touch. Love to hear from you. Uh, I do have a package available which um, got a few people doing that uh, and going through. Even if it's just to get a little bit more confidence in the decisions that you've already made, then that can be something that uh, a lot of people find really useful. And it's 
Um, very cost effective, you know, that, that peace of mind. It, it doesn't cost a lot, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but just a, an extra pair of eyes looking over the house plan can save you a lot of heartache later on. That's it for this week. Now uh, go make a better place to live. <laughs>